Let the children of God say amen. amen. Let the children of God say amen again. Amen. All praises, honor, and glory go to God the Father, to his Son, Jesus the Christ, the head of the living church, then to the Holy Spirit who continually comforts us all. How blessed we are to be here on this morning in this place to worship our God. He's done more for us than we could ever do for ourselves. The angels in heaven are still rejoicing over the four individuals who've come to Christ even on this week. On Wednesday night before the preaching of the word, uh, Deshaun, Deshana, Jacob, and Renell were baptized into Christ. And for that, and for that we are eternally grateful. Also, let's remember, we'll say more about this later on the service, uh, the last weekend of this month will be our Purple Power Conference. Uh, it is our initiative to raise awareness uh, versus domestic violence in our community. And we must, as the church, be cognizant of what's happening in the world. Because what's happening in the world usually reflects itself in the church. Say amen when you can. Uh, lastly, a lot of you have heard that Raya Shaw, one of our new converts, uh, has passed away. Her memorial service will be here at 2 o'clock here at the church building, 2 p.m. So if perchance you can make yourself available, we would love to have you here to support the family. With the services being at 2 o'clock and the repast following, we will not have evening worship on tonight. We will not have 6 p.m. worship due to the memorial service. Meet me, if you will, in John chapter number 5. John chapter number 5. Meet me there in the first verse. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. I got up this morning at 5.30. Say amen when you can. We... Now, 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 I left French Lake early. I want to get back to the gray. And we drove that good three hours and 15 minutes down those winding country roads. So preacher man tired. But I'm going to give you all I got. Is that all right? We're going to have some church in here. We're going to praise God. And I pray that God gives me what I need for what I need it for. But I need y'all to give, hello somebody, give the Lord some time on this moment. Give you what I got. Then I'm going to quit. And then we're going to go on about our business. John chapter number 5, starting at verse number 1. When you find yourself there, let us be standing for the holy, inerrant, and infallible word of God. John chapter 5, starting at verse number 1. When there, John the disciple whom Jesus loved records these very words. Some time later... Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool. Somebody needs to underline a pool. Which in Aramaic and or Hebrew is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Let me say that again. The blind, the lame, 
and the paralyzed. Verse number four. If perchance you have an NIV, you don't see verse number four. That's why you have to listen very closely. Verse number four. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled and or moved the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was then made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now there was one there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition a long time, he asked him the question, do you want to get well? If you have some time this morning, I want to speak from the thought, sick from the inside out. Sick from the inside out. You may be seen in the presence of the Lord. Let us go to God in prayer. Dearly kind and gracious Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you have done and what you are doing right now in our very lives. Father, this time be with everyone under the sound of my voice, Father. Open their minds, their hearts, their spirits, their souls, and yes, even their ears to hear a word coming straight from you via your manservant. Father, this time be with your manservant, Father. Empower him, strengthen him, Father. Help him to recollect all that he has and to give it right now upon the altar for your glory. Father, use me and play me masterfully even now as your instrument. Father, I ask that even in spite of me that you have sight of me. I'm not worthy right now to be doing what I'm doing. But Father, I'm thankful to be selected to have this calling and vocation so that we can all find salvation through your word. Father, we thank you and we ask that you bless the word. Bless your servant and bless all of us as your children. All these things we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Sick from the inside out. Long before the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is now in its fifth edition, came into being, Jesus was dealing with the dysfunctionality and or the dysfunctional mentality of man. For it was legion that Jesus dealt with a manic depressant, with a multiplistic personality disorder. And to top it off, he was one who inflicted self-harm upon himself, i.e. he was a cutter. It was Jesus who dealt with an adolescent who had a demonic spirit that caused him to fall into fire and water. It was Jesus who dealt with the depression of the woman who had committed adultery in John chapter number 8. Jesus dealt with abandonment issues in John chapter number 4 when he dealt with the woman of Samaria when he told her, go and get your husband 
And she answered, I have no husband. And he said, I know you've had five husbands. And even the women in the community do not want to associate with you due to your reputation. It was Jesus who dealt with despair in Mark chapter 5 with the woman who had an issue of blood and she had been to many other doctors but they had done her no good. She was still sick. She was despair even in her health situation. It was through Paul's writings in Romans chapter 7 that Paul even denotes a time where he dealt with a bout of schizophrenia and identity crisis. Jesus, even amongst his chosen disciples, dealt with narcissism when his disciples were going down the road and they were arguing who in fact is the greatest. So when we say that Jesus is the ultimate physician, that is really an understatement because a physician has the propensity to heal the body while Jesus has the authority to not only heal the body, but also to cure the mind. And it's when it comes to the overall makeup and or anatomy of man that we realize that the mind is more powerful than the body. That's why we say things like mind over matter. If you don't mind, then it doesn't matter. And it's because we realize the power of the mind that we try to manipulate the mind to be pleasant even when our bodies are in unpleasant situations. You ever heard the phraseology, well, it's hot outside. Well, that's okay. Just think cool thoughts. It doesn't change the temperature and the external stimuli that's affecting the body, but we know that the mind is powerful enough that if we think cool thoughts, then for some reason our body will feel that the temperature has changed. We understand the fact that the mind is powerful and is powerful enough to affect change even in the body. It's why when we're dealing with conflict one with another and we don't know how we ought to act and then we're about to go off on somebody. Say amen when you can. Yeah, I know about going off on somebody up in here, up in there. Y'all look at me funny. I done came back from French Lick to tell you that sometimes you want to go off. Say amen. Uh, some of you have said I'm like a firecracker. They got one more time. Say amen. And if you've ever been in that situation, somebody might have had to tell you, you know what, Clyde? You need to go over there and do what? Get your mind right. Even though the situation's not going to change, and yes, they're getting on your nerves, if you will change your mind, then your mind has the propensity to effectuate change in your actions. The mind is a powerful thing. I'm so glad that my Jesus not only has power to heal the body, but he has power to cure the mind. So many of us are worried about getting better externally that we allow the internal man to deteriorate when if we fix the internal man, then the external, I wish I had somebody in here. Understand the fact that Jesus is not only the ultimate physician, he's also the ultimate psychiatrist, the ultimate psychologist, 
and the ultimate psychotherapist. And while this man in our text has been invalid for 38 long years, yes, he had a physical limitation, but more importantly, he had a mental handicap. And a lot of our spiritual progress here even at Gray Road is blinded by our mental handicaps. The mental handicaps that we have that chain us down and tie us down to something that most times is not even there. And if perchance, if it's there, it's not even strong enough to hold us. There is a picture on social media that often comes up. And if you are, if you ever deal with stress pictures, it's also a stress picture, and it shows a full-grown horse who is tied down to a lawn chair. And because the horse is used to being tied down to something, his automatic response is that whenever he sees the rope tying him down, he therefore knows I might as well not move because I don't have anywhere to go. And therefore, his mind has been conditioned that as long as I see a rope, it's no benefit even trying to fight. So now, the stress picture has him tied down to a lawn chair, something he could easily pull along with him. But since he's used to being tied down, since his mind is conditioned to not even fighting anymore, he doesn't understand how strong he really is because his mind says, as long as I'm tied, I might as well not fight. Oh, I'm here to tell you this morning that some of us who are tied down to stuff and you don't really know how strong you are. You're strong enough to defeat what's tying you down, but for some reason your mind has been conditioned to say as long as I see a rope, no matter what it is, I'm not even going to fight anymore. And there's somebody in here who's given up on life and given up on progress and given up on happiness because your mind has been conditioned to say, I give up, I don't even want to do this anymore. And that is not the power and or will of God. Understand the fact the mind is a dangerous entity because the mind has the ability to incapacitate the body and incarcerate the soul. Let's get to our text before I get too happy too early, Herschel. John, I'm supposed to be tired, y'all. John chapter 5, starting at verse number 1, the text says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now we must remember to look at the travel itinerary of Jesus in our text. Understand if you go back to John chapter 4, we pick up now that Jesus 
after dealing with the woman of Samaria in John chapter 4. Now, if you remember the early part of John chapter 4, you know that Jesus was already traveling from Judea to Galilee. But in order to get from Judea to Galilee, he first had to stop in Samaria. If you remember John chapter number 4, when he met the woman there at the well, the well was there in Sychar. Sychar is a principal city in Samaria. Samaria is the halfway point between Judea and Galilee. After Jesus dealt with the woman there in Sychar of Samaria, now he's on his way up to Galilee. But we know that as Jesus is traveling, he is also having people being converted and he's healing people simultaneously. And this is all happening by way of practical conversation. In John chapter number four, when Jesus leaves Judea on the way to Galilee, stops in Samaria, he has a practical conversation with a woman there at the well when he says go get me a drink of water and the woman says well hold on wait a minute don't you know who I am don't you know it's not proper etiquette for me to be getting you water don't you know I am a Samaritan woman and then Jesus had to say if you knew who I was you wouldn't be getting me water you'd be asking me for water you need to know that I am a well of water that's eternally flowing and after that conversation we get down to John chapter 4 verse number 24 where Jesus tells her that there will come a time when we won't worship uh-huh in this mountain or in Jerusalem but rather we will worship God because God is a spirit and those that worship God must worship him and how in spirit as well as in truth and after this conversation it was the woman who had to go back into Samaria and say come see a man who told me everything that I've ever done. Now, after Jesus left Samaria, he went to Galilee. It was there in Galilee that he had to confess the fact that a prophet has no honor, even in his hometown. It was also there when he was in Galilee, he had another practical conversation with a nobleman, and the nobleman's son wanted to be healed, and the nobleman said unto Jesus, I need you to heal my son, because he's even to the point of death. Understand the fact that now after leaving Judea now after going to Samaria now after going to Galilee now we find him here in the holy city we find him here in Jerusalem he's continuing his messianic voyage and when he comes to the holy city when he comes to Jerusalem he's here to talk to a sick man who's been sick a very very long time as a matter of fact this man has been sick for 38 long years or oh, if I could take a commercial break. There's somebody in here this morning who's going through something personal in their life and they're waiting for King Jesus to show up and they're saying, Jeremy, how long will it take for Jesus to finally show up? Jeremy, how long will it take for Jesus to finally do something? Jeremy, how long will it take for Jesus to change my situation? Can't he see up there what's going on down here? I've been waiting on Jesus a long time and I just want to show up right now in the midst of my situation. I read in the Bible that he could speak to a storm and the storm stop all by itself. Well, Jeremy, I got storms going on right now in my life. I'm dealing with stuff that you cannot even imagine. And I pray to Jesus every night, but he still has not come. I come to church and I say amen and I lift my hands, but he still hasn't come to fix it. How long will it take for Jesus to show up? Honey, I'm here to tell you that Jesus will show up on his own time. 
time. It might take 38 long years, but you keep on waiting because when Jesus shows up, he does show out. And understand if he came too early, you wouldn't appreciate it. And I guarantee you, he won't come too late. But whenever he shows up, it's right on time. This man had been invalid for 38 years, laying on a mat for 38 years, sick without health insurance for 38 years. But when Jesus showed up, he came for a reason. He waited 38 years for a reason. So now we see Jesus after he's left Judea, went up to Samaria, went up to Galilee. Now he is in Jerusalem and he's here and he's going to show us in the text how a man gets well and how a man becomes connected to the Christ. But look at the text because here in John chapter 5, unlike the woman of Samaria in John chapter 4, unlike those who believe because of her account when she said, come see a man, unlike all these other accounts in John 2, John 3, and John 4, here in John chapter number 5, Jesus will prove here in our text just like he did to Nicodemus that water is part of God's plan of redemption. Water is part of God's plan of healing and water is part of God's plan as it comes to connecting man to God. Water is still part of the plan. But since He's still in the flesh at this time. Notice here in our text that Jesus shows us symbolically the method of salvation. Baptism. While not neglecting the man of salvation, which is Jesus. Don't miss this. The method of salvation is here. But more important, then the method of salvation is the man of salvation. Because the method of salvation means nothing without the man of salvation. Here, Jesus states that yes, there is a method of salvation. Man must be baptized in order to be saved. Well, prove it, preacher. I want some script with that lip. I'm so glad you asked. Mark chapter 16, verse number 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. John chapter 3, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. John 3 and 5, unless a man be born again of water and of spirit. There's something about water baptism. The methodology of salvation is here in the text. But what Jesus needs the invalid man to see is that he is the man of salvation and the method would be nothing without the man. Understand the fact that in our text, not only is there a method of salvation and a man of salvation, there's a messenger of salvation. People argue about angels, but an angel is nothing more than a messenger. God does have angels. God does utilize angels. Angel is nothing more than what? A messenger. 
Let's do that again. An angel is nothing more than an angel is nothing more than so there was a messenger in our text that troubled the water. The messenger did something to where people knew that they had to get in the water in order to be healed. God always had a messenger of salvation. God today has a messenger of salvation. The gospel preacher is God's angel as it pertains to carrying the way, as it pertains to serving as a messenger to bring salvation through the preached way down to man so man will still realize that the pool still heals. So there is still a method of salvation. There's a man of salvation, and there's a messenger of salvation. That's why in Revelation people get confused when the letters are written to the angel of the church. If you want to look at the word evangelist and break it down phonetically, the middle of the word evangelist, you're going to find the word angel. I wish I had somebody in here. So there is a methodology of salvation. There is a man of salvation, and there's a messenger of salvation. Never put the messenger above the man. Because without the man of salvation, there'll be no salvation for the messenger to preach on. And while the methodology of salvation is ever so important, the method of salvation would mean nothing without the blood of the man. Because when one is baptized, they're baptized into Christ. They're baptized into the man. They're baptized into his blood. Understand the fact that the messenger of salvation is ever so important. Paul told the church at Rome in Romans chapter 10 verse number 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they're sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means the word of God has to be communicated so that it can be heard. It must be heard so that it can be believed. It must be believed so that folk can be saved. There is a method of salvation. There is a man of salvation. And there is a messenger of salvation. You cannot mess up the order when it comes for one to being saved. Now, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, back to the text, for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool. Pool here gives us baptismal imagery. 
It gives us imagery toward new life. As a matter of fact, the Greek here is kolum bethra. Kolum bethra depicts the fact that this pool had to at least be large enough for one to bathe in. As a matter of fact, Kolum Bethra also supposes that the pool has to be deep enough for one to have the propensity to dive in it. We're not talking about a shallow pool. We're talking about a pool that's sufficient enough for man to get in and for man to be made whole. Even in Jesus' symbolic example of healing, notice that immersion was still the guiding factor. Immersion was still the guiding principle. Never was anything less than immersion implied. And having a choice of salvation, having a choice of salvation methodology was never even suggested. Man must be baptized and when he is baptized, he must be immersed. Verse 4, when it speaks of the water, the Greek word inserted there, when it talks about the angel stirring the water, the water there, the Greek word is hydor or hudor, which means water with a base. It's the same Greek word he used in Acts chapter 8 when Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, Philip was teaching him as they were in the chariot, and the Ethiopian eunuch said, well, here's water. What doth hindereth me from what? Being baptized. That's hudor, water with a base. Understand, Philip immerse the Ethiopian eunuch. It was enough water for not only the eunuch to get in, but also for Philip to get in. Why, why, Jeremy? What's the big deal about water immersion anyway? Death is the big deal. Understand that baptism is a death that brings life. Somebody missed your shout here on the morning. Baptism is a death that brings life. That's why it's symbolic of Jesus. Because it was Jesus Christ who had to die so that we could live forevermore. Give me some script with that lip. I'm so glad you asked. John chapter 12, verse number 23. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, and or verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Y'all looking at me funny here on a Sunday morning. It's all right. That means not only did Jesus have to die, but like a seed, he had to be put into it the air. That's why Joseph of Arimathea, when he came and got Jesus' body down off the cross, he put him where? He put him in a tomb where no one ever lived. It had to be what? A tomb that was cut into the earth. Well, how do you know it was cut into the earth? Because Matthew 28, when they came and rolled the stone away. So he had to die 
and be put into the air so that we perchance could live. If he did not die, we would not be able to live. It's because the kernel of wheat fell into the ground that we are allowed to live as we are the fruit of he who died. So death is the key. We must die. And everything that's dead ought to be buried. That's why we're buried in immersion. That's why we don't sprinkle. That's why we don't pour. When someone dies, nobody comes and pours anything over them. You bury one who's dead. So now we have the fact that baptism and immersion is essential. We must die to self. The old man must be buried. The new man must resurrect again. It's symbolic of the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. He didn't have to become new because he was already perfect. But since we're not perfect, we have to put off imperfection. We have to die to the old man and die to the old self. We must bury the old self. We must come back. Why? Because we need to be changed and we need to come back and be different and be a new creature. What's the text on that? Paul told the church at Corinth and 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 16. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh even though we have known Christ according to the flesh yet now we know him in this way no longer why therefore anyone who is in Christ he is a new creature the old things have passed away and behold new things have now come understand the fact that not only was Jesus there in Jerusalem and he was there during the festival but now he's come to a pool, which in Aramaic and or Hebrew is called Bethesda. Bethesda is an interesting word because Bethesda in Aramaic means two things. It means, number one, house of mercy, which means what? Healing takes place at the house of mercy. The Lord's church today is the place of healing, which means the Lord's church ought to be a place that practices mercy. When I come here, I ought to see the house of mercy. And it's because God has given me mercy that I'm allowed to even assemble here on Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but everybody don't make it here looking all good and prim and proper. We may dress up and look nice, but some of us barely make it here. After dealing with the trials and tribulations and vicissitudes of life, we come here, we may walk in here physically, but we're on our knees spiritually. We're cracked and we're bleeding and we're hurting. And we come here, why? Because I want something different here than I got out in the world. Out in the world, they're cruel. Out in the world, they're mean. 
out in the world, they don't care about you. They don't care about me. But when I come here, I come here for healing. I come here to recharge. And I come here because God has been merciful. This is the house of mercy and it's the house of healing. That's why folk were coming to the pool at Bethesda. It was not just for the fact that there was a pool in there, but they knew that that was the place. I wish the church were a house of mercy. Come here and folk want to tear you down. That's not the house of mercy. Come here and hear more gossip than you hear at work. That's not the house of mercy. Come here and folk click up. That's not the house of mercy. Preach flowers, I think I will. Come here and I don't shake their hands, I really don't like them. That's not the house of mercy. Well, I got a grudge about them because they made better peach cobbler than me back in 1982. That's not the house of mercy. Well, I, I knew how she was when she was a kid and she ain't never gonna get no better. That's not the house of mercy. People do change, y'all. That ain't, that ain't where I'm going, but it felt good right there. Not only is Bethesda the house of mercy, but it's also the place of flowing water. And that's powerful because it's another symbolism of Jesus because Jesus is the person of flowing water. That's why in John chapter 4, going back to the woman of Samaria, in the latter part of that chapter, he says, look here, if a man will come into me, I'll show him a spring of water that's ever replenishing or ever flowing itself. So now we're here at the pool of Bethesda. And people came to the pool because they knew that this pool had curative power. They knew that this pool could make people well. They knew that this pool could make man whole. Because when you look at the word well here in the Greek, it speaks of man being whole. So they knew that the pool here in Bethesda could make man whole again. And the problem was in verse number four, and verse number four for some reason is omitted from the New International Version, but in verse number four, what would happen is an angel, i.e. a messenger of the Lord would come down at a certain season and he would trouble and or move the waters. Moving the waters comes from the Greek word kinesis. From kinesis we get the English word kinesiology. Kinesiology is the science of movement. Say amen when you can. See, folk think being a gym teacher is an easy job. Being a gym teacher is a hard job because every gym teacher has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. What's kinesiology? It's the science of physiological movement. It's how physiology relates all the parts of one's anatomy. That's a difficult degree program, but that's another sermon for another time. There was a movement that was going on in the waters. There was a kinesis that happened in the waters, and they knew that after the angel of the Lord came down and troubled the waters, that the first one in the water would be cured of whatever disease that he had. That's why this invalid man had been there and he had been waiting because he was waiting for the angel to come down to trouble the waters. But notice what the problem really is. All the angel could do was trouble the waters and save and or make whole the first person. That's why Jesus had to come on the scene and say, you know what? The, mm, once I 
died. Once the kernel of wheat falls into the ground, there will be water, the method of salvation. That's been ordained by me, the man of salvation. And whatever man gets in that water will be healed and made whole. And the messenger can only make the first man well. I can make every man well. So now, this man is sitting there at the house of mercy, at the place of flowing water. He's waiting for the angel to come down. He's waiting for there to be a troubling of the water. He wants to be first. And Jesus is saying, the problem is, you're so busy keeping watch over the method of salvation that you're not even seeing the fact that the man of salvation is talking to you. You're worried about going in there to be healed externally when I can heal you externally and internally. And therefore, if you're healed internally, you'll be healed eternally. Somebody missed your shot on a Sunday morning. See, external healing is of little value because the external man will die and deteriorate. What Christ is worried about healing is that which will transcend time and be redeemed again by him. He wants to heal the mind, the spirit, the soul, because he knows that if he can heal that, then a new mind will effectuate a new body. You want to act differently? Start by thinking differently. You want to change the body? Start by changing the mind. That's why when one is baptized, he must what? First, repent. What's repentance? It's a changing of the mind. Before your body goes in water, I want you to first change your mind. Because if your mind has not changed, then your body will not become a new creature. True change comes from the inside out. And that's why sometimes after somebody has been, has been baptized, it takes them a while. Say amen when you can. It takes them a while. Conversion is not simultaneous with baptism. Y'all don't like that, do y'all? Conversion is not simultaneous with baptism. Conversion starts at baptism, but it is a process. When you want to remodel your kitchen, you want to convert it from what it looks like to what it ought to look like according to a picture you see. When you decide, I want to make Christ my personal savior, you're saying, I want to change what I look like to look like what I see in the word of God. But I know there's a mighty, mighty long way from where I am now to where I need to be. And it's going to take me some time. It might take all of time. But hopefully if time runs out early, I'll look more like this than I did like that. That's why conversion is continuous. That's why folks say, you know, take, take it easy. Be patient with me. The Lord's not done with me yet. 
When you want a kitchen remodel, you call a contractor. And he writes up a contract. And he tells you, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? You need to make a choice. And make up your Because if your mind's not made up, the work will not stop. And you say, you know what? That's what I want my kitchen to look like. When your mind is made up, you sign a contract. And as soon as you sign and can, you give them a little money, they'll start tearing up your kitchen immediately. Say amen when you can. They gonna tear something up before they leave. Because they know if they start tearing something up, it's too late for you to go back. Say amen. It might take them five years to finish your kitchen, but they gonna rip up your sink to show you that work has started. So when you commit to change your mind, you'll start doing some stuff to show your commitment. But the kitchen ain't done yet. You're not done yet. So, so yes, conversion begins at baptism, but it does not end at baptism. And then folk who are uh, new converts or new babes in Christ will say something like, well, they're converted. No, 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 they're converting. And I know they're converting because I'm converting. I still don't look like what's on the box. I'm trying to get there. That felt good right there. That wasn't part of my sermon either. Say amen when you can. Now, now, now. Let me just stay on the floor so I can close this thing out. So now, he's here at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus comes to him. He already knows his condition. He didn't have to go get a medical chart. He didn't have to go call his last physician. He didn't have to get a family history. Because see, medicine, and when we go to the doctor, it's not an exact science. They're guessing with us, just in case you didn't know. They're guessing. That's why you've been to three or four doctors. And they say, well, go see a specialist. And the specialist sends you to another specialist. And they're all friends for some reason. Say amen when you can. Uh, uh, have them play golf together. Now go see Bob. Now go see Richard. Now go see Clyde. Now go see Bert. I've seen all of y'all. And ain't nobody fix it. And you know how I know it's a guessing game? Because when you go in the Dr. Herschel, they give you a sheet of paper, and they say, fill this out. And it has everything on that sheet. It's, it's five pages long. They want to know who your daddy was, who your mama was, who your third cousin-in-law was. Have they ever had diabetes? Have you ever had diabetes? Have you ever felt dizzy? Have you ever had HIV? They got all these things on here because they want to look at it and say, well, maybe. Based upon all this stuff that you gave us, This might be what it is. Jesus already knew the man was sick. And because he knew the man was sick, he comes to him. And he asks the question, do you want to get well? Now there are two points you got to see before do you want to get well. Notice, pool of Bethesda. Bethesda, house of mercy. Pool has curing powers. Pool makes folk well. The pool heals people. The pool makes people whole. 
But it's not just the fact that the pool is there. But remember what's around the pool. Five covered colonnades and or porticles. Now, what is a colonnade and or a portico? It is a place where people would stand under to give them shade versus the sun and to protect them against the elements. Somebody missing your shot already. So when they came out the pool, they were protected from what was on the outside. When they got out, When man, what's the purpose of baptism? Why well, I got to be in Christ? I still go through stuff every day. I still got to deal with drama. But here's the difference. Once you come out the pool, once you come out the water, once you're in Christ, you'll still have to go through stuff. But at least then you're covered. You still have to walk through the rain and the storm. But now there's somebody with you, and there's something covering you. I have no problem walking through. Not only that, you have five covered colonnades. And they're also at Bethesda. There was the pool, there were the colonnades, there was the angel. The man's waiting on the angel to stir the water. Jesus is saying, stop focusing on the external. You're looking over there for a healing. You ought to be looking here for a change. Do you want to get well? Now he has to look at what? His interior psyche. Do I really want to get well? See, a lot of folk talking about getting well, they don't want to be well. It's not, now, now it's not about what he can do. It's about what I'm going to do. I have to make a change. I have to want it. I have to be committed. Jesus is going to be Jesus. But what am I going to do? Do you want to get well? Because seeing a doctor ain't going to do no good if you don't want to get well. And with a physical doctor, you can't get well unless you're going to be honest. Because the doctor's going to ask you a series of questions. And you can lie if you want to. But if you want to lie, then you'll never get the healing that you need. Because you're going to mess up the diagnosis. You can't lie to Jesus. But before you see Dr. Jesus, you got to say, you know what? You know all that I've done. But I repent of what I've done. I've made a mental change to let that stuff go. Now I need you to diagnose me and work on me. But the doctor ain't going to work until you first do something. You must first make the commitment to get well, it takes drive. It takes desire. Your mind must change. Your body cannot be healed until your mind first changes. So he asks a question. Look here. Do you want to get well? And then the man commences 
with a whole lot of excuses. Well, see, you know, I want to get well, but every time the angel comes, somebody gets down before me and gets in the water and they mess it up. Just look here. I didn't ask you for your excuses. I asked you one question. Do you want to get well? He's looking at everybody else. And Jesus, Jesus is saying, look here, stop looking at what made other men well. And look at the man who is a well. You're missing the point. You're worried about how everybody else is getting it. I'm trying to tell you how to get it. And you can't get it without me. Yes, the water is necessary. But if I'm not in the water, then the water don't mean nothing. And see, 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 see. Notice, everybody wanted to get in the water. That's why Texas, there were, there were plenty of sick folk there. The blind, the lame, and guess what? The paralyzed. Paralyzed is important here because paralysis occurs when there is a disruption of the central nervous system. Basically meaning there is a part or parts of the body that is disconnected from the brain. Meaning, here at the Pool of Bethesda, there are people who are here who are not connected with the head. Paralyzed people can never be connected to the head unless they go in the water. But the water don't mean nothing without Jesus. Baptism is the method, but what's the method without the man? The man saves people, but who will know the man without the messenger. Don't miss that. The messenger tells us of the man and the man commands the method. He's saying, look, you're worried about the method without the man. So when people say pharisaical things like baptism's not essential, water's just water, you could turn and say, you're right, water is just water. But it's not about necessarily just the water. It's what's in the water. While the methodology is important, the method would be nothing without the man. And I know a man who knows everything that I've ever done. I know a man who desires to heal everybody. I know a man who wants to make folk whole. I know a man who can make people see again. I know a man who heals paralysis and gets people back in touch with the head. Now that man, now that he's dead physically, can be come in contact with through the water. That's why I go down in water. I go down in the water because John has told me that there are three who bear record. The water, the spirit, and the blood. 
I go down in the water so I can come in contact with the blood because when I come in contact with the blood, then I am truly God's child because we are connected by blood. That's how we're related. Herschel's my brother. He's my blood brother. Though he was baptized in Cincinnati and I was baptized in Detroit, we share the same bond. Because we've come in contact with the same blood. Church folk kill me when they say things like, well, you know, this is my blood, brother, and this is my church, brother. Something's wrong with that. But you know what? It's because we think so shallow about that relationship that we can't treat each other right. Because all I see you as is my church, brother. You my brother on Sunday, and when I leave here, I see you next Sunday. And that's why family gatherings are more important than church gatherings. Because y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of church brothers and sisters anyway. When that's not the case, when you change your mind and came in contact with blood, we became a blood family. That's why it hurts me when we see each other in need and or at fault and say nothing. But you'll run and give Cousin Ray Ray a loan. You'll run and go see Auntie and them in the hospital. But if we get sick, do you want to get well? internal psyche because a lot of people front like they want to get well but they don't want to be well they like to go to places of healing but they don't want to get well some folk want to contact healing see i don't like that i don't like that. See, see see some of y'all some of y'all who who uh, let, let, let me do a doctor right here some of y'all who used to get high And, well, I, I don't smoke that stuff, but if you're in the room. They call it a contact. I don't talk about that. I don't talk about that. Some of us don't want to get well. But maybe, just maybe, if I go to church enough and I'm in the room. Healing's not by contact. It's by commitment. Can I close this thing out? I'm supposed to be tired. For some reason, I'm not tired right now. Do you want to get well? Do you want to change? Do you want to get better? He makes his excuses. And Jesus says, look here, look here, look here. I hear what you're saying. Now let me show you what I'm doing. Verse number eight. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Jesus says, I'm going to show you who puts power in the water. Let them do that. You need to submit to me. Because if you haven't submitted to me, then that is inconsequential. Some of y'all, 
Brother Brain, a whole lot of folk will come in here and get in the water, but they're not submitted to Jesus. And then we wonder why we can't find people. And we say things like, they follow the method. But following the method means nothing if you're not going to follow the man. Jesus is saying, look here symbolically, this is necessary. But in order to get to that, you got to go through me. If you're not going to follow the man, then you're not in fact following the plan. Look, I'm going to heal you. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. When one goes into the water of baptism, it's not a what that heals him. It's a he who heals them. Never forget that it's he who dies who makes man live again. Understand the fact that Jesus, when he tells him to get up, pick up your mat, and walk, says not only do I possess getting up power, but I also possess getting on power. I have the power for you to get up, and I have the power for you to get on. Some of us need to get up. And some of us need to get on with it. Some of our problem is we get up and we don't go nowhere. And we stay in our present and our past. And we can't move on. So it's now that I have the power to get you up. I got the power so you can move on past your past. That was the purpose of John chapter 8. Was that the woman caught in the act of adultery? Ye who is without sin, cast ye the first stone. The people started leaving, the oldest ones first. Jesus told the woman, what has happened to your accusers? Where are they now? She said, they're gone. He said, then go and sin no more. I not only have getting up power, I have getting on power. You need to get up and get on with it. But as you get up, don't forget. Don't get on and forgot what you were on. Take what you were on and use it to help you as you get on. Because others need to see where you've been. Because as they see where you've been, it's going to start a conversation. What is that on your back? I'm so glad you asked. Let me give God some glory right now by showing you what's on my back. But it's important to know not only that I was laying on it, but look at where it is now. It's behind me as I move forward. Understand, there is a messenger of salvation who introduces you to the man of salvation. Once you submit to the man of salvation, you go down in the method of salvation. Once you go down in the method of salvation, then you participate in the march of salvation. And the march is forward. Anybody ready to get on with your life? Anybody tired of wallowing in the past? Anybody ready to make a change in your life? Anybody ready to stop being sick from the inside out? Anybody ready to make an internal change? 
that it starts with the man of salvation. I'm so glad to have served as the messenger. Will you now submit to the man? Will you participate in the method? And will you effectuate the march? Are you ready to get up and get on? But it starts with the question, do you want to get well? You won't live better. You won't do better. You will not become a child of God if you do not first make the commitment to get well. Let us be standing and not singing. Let us be standing and not singing. I'm not finished, but I'm through right now. Say amen. Sick from the inside out. There's someone here this morning who is struggling with something that we could not imagine. And yes, you come in here and you smile and you look good on the outside, but it's tearing you up from the inside. And I'm here to tell you, if you don't fix it while it's internal, it's going to start showing itself externally. You ever had an internal situation and now your actions change? You do things differently? You say things differently? You know why? Because if you allow garbage in your life, after, after time, garbage will stack up, but it must eventually overflow. Drama, trouble, trial, stress that you allow to build up in your life, it will overflow. And that's why a lot of us are dealing with physical ailments, high blood pressure, diabetes, stress-related stuff, because we're internally sick. And because the mind is sick, the body will be sick. That's the physicality of man. How much worse is it when the spiritual man is not what it needs to be? Do you want to get well on this morning is a question for those who have been a children of God, who are children of God, and who need to become children of God. Will you come to Jesus before it's everlastingly too late? It's not about what can happen externally, what can heal me externally. It's about who can heal me internally. Because once I'm healed internally, I can be healed eternally. Will you come to Christ? If you are a child of God and you live beneath your calling, live beneath the way you know you were raised, lived outside of your normalcy, lived outside of yourself, and lived outside of your God, will you come back to Jesus even on this morning? Will you walk down these aisles and say, Lord, I'm not what I need to be. I'm still converting. Lord, help me to look more like thee and less like me. If you are not a child of God, you've come here for one reason. You've come here to be saved. You've come here to be changed. You've come here to be renewed. Do not leave here and not be a child of God. Well, Jeremy, I want to be a child of God. What must I do? You must first hear the word of God. You've heard me. I'm loud enough. You must believe that he is. There's a water of those who diligently seek him. You must repent of your sins, meaning what? You must change your mind. Do you want to get well? Well, yes, I want to get well. Will you come and confess that Jesus Christ is the sweetest name that can ever roll off a mortal's tongue? Will you be baptized in water for the mission of your sins, Acts 2.38, and live faithful unto death, Revelation 2 and 10? Will you come to Jesus? Do you want to get well? If the answer is yes, 
wait no longer to come and see the doctor who can heal the body as well as the mind. Come see him now, right now, as we sing the song of invitation.